Hey, y'all, if you enjoy watching your podcast, which seems kind of weird, watching your podcast, but some people really enjoy that. So we have a YouTube channel. You can find it at Heather Parody, P-A-R-A-D-Y. It's also linked up in the show notes. You can hit subscribe. And several of these interviews are actually in person. So you can watch that. Again, that is at Heather Parody on YouTube. How do you take all your mission, your heart, your calling, and wrap it up in a social media bubble when people have 30-second attention spans? I've been on the hunt to try to figure out the answer to this question because media is insanely powerful. It has the ability to reach folks that you would never get to reach before. But the dark side to it is sometimes as creators, we can get wrapped up into things like vanity metrics and lose sight of what we are called to do. I ran across Nikki Saunders the other day when I was doing some research on my content and ran across her show and loved not only her tactical advice for growing and nurturing a social media following, but also how she's been able to infuse mission and heart into every single piece. Not only is she growing her own platform, educating folks on growth strategies, AI tools, etc., but she also runs social media accounts of some of your favorite leaders. In this conversation, you're going to hear how Nikki's able to take big pieces of content and know which ones are the most impactful to reshare, how she's able to have extreme focus and make space for the muse, and how she approaches big topics like calling and mission in these super weird platforms like Instagram and TikTok. This, my friends, is the one and only Nikki Saunders. What do I really want to be known for? And right. no one, no one really is ever really known for one thing. They're trusted in one thing to then open them up to other things. I took on the account and the biggest thing for me was lead as a fan and not lead with the company's intentions. Your audience sharing your content is way better than you paying for ads. One, they mm. are your marketing team for free. Preach. Y'all listen, 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 listen. So today's guest I ran across when I was doing my ideation, my research, going through tons of interviews and content for my own stuff and ran across your show, Nikki, and then followed you on Instagram. Obviously, you have a lot of tactical knowledge. You know what you're doing, but I loved your vibe and how I felt like I knew you without knowing you. I think you're doing social really, really well when you can infuse the human part to it. And I'm just so pumped to get to talk to you. I have a lot of tactical questions. I can geek out on social all day long. But Nikki, thank you for joining us. Thanks for uh, taking time out of your busy, busy day. No, thank you for the invite. I'm, I'm excited about this convo. You say you got mad questions. Like I was telling Let's you go. before, I'm an open book when asked. You know what I mean? When so asked. You got the questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When asked. So <laughs> right. you got the questions. I got the answers. We good. Let's go. So let's let's start just for a holistic view of you. You were in the Navy yeah. for a minute, right? Yeah, nine years. Nine years. So what made you want to join the Navy and what kind of led you out of it? So I'm a very spontaneous person, right? So the thing was, I lived in New York, right? I was in kind of a crossroads of what to do. I didn't want my mom to spend for college and then I wanted to travel. So the only thing that I saw that was dope for that was the Navy. And then like two weeks later, I was gone. Right. Dang. Didn't really think that out. Right. I didn't pick a job. You're supposed to pick a job in the Navy. Mm -hmm. Didn't do that. So I was like undesignated. So I was like doing all the, the trash jobs until I yeah, yeah. figured out to be in IT. Once I figured out to be in IT, it was game over. Loved what I did. And then I just, I was done with the politics. That's really what it That's was. That's real. Like, yeah. A lot of people were like, yo, why don't you stay for the 20? You were always, you're almost there. No, I, I was not nine years. And then to think about 11 more years, that sounded long. So I was yeah. just done with the politics. I felt like there was more out there for me. So I got out, got a regular IT job at a bank before yeah. I got into really getting into what I'm doing now. And it, me doing that was dope, but for a lot of reasons, I feel like I just had to, like I was starting over. Like when you go into the military, you learn amazing things. And I'm 
who I am because of that. But it is two different worlds. So when you get out, you're like, oh, I could have been doing this a long time ago. Totally. Like, I feel like yeah. I've been, I don't know, it was weird, but it was an experience. It, it gave me my work ethic of what I have right now. And it was, it was dope. It was dope. Now you, were you on a boat? Did you travel out mm -hmm. of the country and stuff? Dang. Yeah. I hit, I hit 20 countries before I was 23. <gasps> yeah. Did, I'm assuming, tell me if I'm wrong on this. I'm assuming that would just like totally change your worldview, your perspective and stuff. Cause I mean, I didn't start traveling until I was, you know, mid twenties, early thirties. And I felt like I was living in a freaking ass bubble. And when I started seeing some stuff, I'm like, oh, I'm wrong about a lot. <laughs> you know what I mean? So how did that shape you or did it? I don't know if I had the same experience as everybody else. I was just happy to see the world, right? Yeah. It wasn't more of a, oh my God. Like I know a lot of people that would go and like, yo, we, we take things so for granted and things like that. I was like, I went to Dubai. Yeah. I went to all these other things. I'm like, ah, I don't see that part i can see the differences right yeah, but yeah. i'm still very much a introvert at heart so i would go out but i wouldn't go out out yeah so i yeah, would go yeah. on like the guided tours and so the things they wanted you to see Got and it. i was cool with that i think the biggest one that changed my life was going to jerusalem amen and to that yeah that whole experience was like okay, I'm going to church right now. Like, now. yeah, like, right. It was, it was an amazing experience. That, that part was, that part I remember a lot. The other ones was just like, it was cool to visit. It was cool to experience, but it, it wasn't like, oh, this is why you travel the world. It was just, mm -hmm. I, I just, I was just there for the vibes. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, you, it wasn't your thing. You love IT, but I'm yeah. guessing there was some kind of friction there, even with your IT job where you're like, I know you got involved in Eric Thomas's community and you helped mm -hmm. him build that up. What was kind of the catalyst for that? I mean, you're working your job, you're doing your thing. Why mm -hmm. Eric Thomas? <laughs> Why Facebook groups? Why media? I mean, that's, that's a whole other ball game. Yeah. So I can only blame God on that one. All right. I can't say anything else of besides God, because the thing was, when I got out of the Navy, I realized there was two different sides of IT, right? And the outside world, IT, the civilian world, I didn't necessarily like it. I didn't feel, I, I wasn't cool being behind the desk all the time. That wasn't what I love to do. Even when you think about the Navy, I was traveling. We were going places. Yeah. We would be inside for a little bit, but we would be going places to where now I'm in an office and that's it. Right. right. So I right. was kind of like, there's something else for me. I'm not right. really sure what's happening. So I started watching YouTube videos. That'll and, get you. Hmm? I'll tell you, I said watching YouTube videos will get you. Oh, <laughs> like, <listen. laughs> YouTube was, has to be the best creation in this world. I, Seriously. I, I promise you. I think it gets, it's super unappreciated because it's free. But there was this guy who was yelling at me, who people know as Dr. Eric Thomas, AKA ET, the hip hop preacher. Mm -hmm. And he happened to run this like Black Friday sale to join his community, right? And I was like, all right, if I've already watched about like 50 of your videos, I might yeah. as well see what else is there, right? And that's when I started getting into like the online communities and seeing how powerful that was. And I just started engaging and just wanted to be a part of anything really to be feel accepted because I was just in this weird transition, right? Like I just mm -hmm. didn't feel like I really belonged anywhere. Mm. And with that community and going to the different events, I figured what I wanted to do, which was like create content and something with social media. I wouldn't say necessarily like managing the account and everything like that was my thing. I think it was a matter of communicating ideas through content. Mm -hmm. And when I started with that, 
I was just hooked. But the online community way of things was very intriguing because it just brought everybody from all different places into one spot and just, hey, I like this. Where are you at with this? And the accountability. So it was something that was life-changing that was so simple as far as a Facebook group at the time. And the group of people inside of that Facebook group really changed my life. I'm glad you're saying this because media obviously gets a really bad rap. Social gets a really bad rap. There's also another side to it where you just alluded this idea of it being a a home for you who mm-hmm. kind of felt like, you know, what's next for me? You found your community. You wouldn't have found those folks without YouTube, right? And I mean, I had the same experience. It absolutely changed my life. I was exposed to one type of living, one type of mindset And when I ran across people on YouTube and podcasts, I was like, damn, I can literally change the course of my life. And it was through the exposure of that. So I think it's really important to highlight the impact that media can have. I'm curious before I start kind of getting into the the weeds with some stuff, prior to running across him, were you into personal development, entrepreneurship? Was that like your first exposure to that world? Or were you kind of already in that vein it was? No, that was a very first thing I've ever heard of. I was was a shout out to my mom, like go to school, get a job. Yeah. Retire. That's always been my father. Once I figured out what entrepreneurship was clearly is one because he's a truck driver, right? He owns Mm -hmm. his own truck. So in my head, I never put two and two together as far as, oh, he has his own business, this, that, and third. I just, it was one of those, like he has a job but he owns it. It just didn't, it didn't, I didn't look at him like that. Once I got into, you know, watching E and his videos, then looking at Inky Johnson and then all these other personal development situations and, and started reading books because I was not a reader. I promise you, I am not, I was not that. (laughs) Now I read books all the time. It'll get you. I tell you, it's a rabbit hole. Yeah, it's, it's the crazy. I'm reading deep work now, just trying to catch up on mm. all the all the great things, right? Yeah. But once I got into that, it would I realized how much it's needed. Especially, like I said, I, I'm I'm an introvert, so I'm closed in my own world. Like what my world is is my world. It's rare that certain things get inside of it, just because I don't like I don't like anything messing with my energy, and yeah. so. Once I realized the power of the personal development and those types of, of content, oh, I was, I was hooked. I was like, okay, this is something that we have to do every single day. This is something that has to be part of the routine to then get to the next level. Totally. So how do you go from, all right, I'm consuming this content. I get in this Mm -hmm. guy's group. I'm involved in the community to now you're running his social media. Yeah. It's still (laughs) very a blur how that happened because here's the thing. I went to all the events, literally. While I was in my nine to five, I would drive my little Honda, which I have still today. Right. That's my boat. To all the events, right. Atlanta, Miami, New York, DC, everywhere. I would, I would just go off my dime. I didn't. Why? Why? Because I felt like I needed to be there. Hmm. Like it was so dope. It was just a really Hmm. dope experience. Plus I wanted to help, you know, like I'm a server. You could, you could take that from, from the Navy. That's all I know is like how to serve other people. So I, I went to all the events. It wasn't going directly to E. It was going to his third person, which is Carl, right? Carl mm-hmm. ran the media section, right? So I was like, yo, how could I help in any kind of way? Didn't really know, th- never created content before, never did wow. anything on social media. Like, yo, how can I help? And he would give me little tasks. And because of my work ethic, I would finish it r- extremely quick compared to what other people were doing it. So they were like, mm-hmm. hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And then I started messing with creating videos. What I used to watch was like these mashups, what I call mashups, where you would hear the the voice, 
but it would be different videos that goes along with the voice. It'd be different B-roll. And I love that. And I started creating that off of E's voice. And they were like, hold on, this is pretty good. (laughs) This is is pretty good. Like, how would you feel about taking over the, you know, the account? At the time, it was about 300K. And I was like, sure, I'm not going to say no. You know, like, I was willing to try anything because I'm big on, I don't know what I don't know. Like, I don't know if I do like it. I don't know if I don't like it. Right. 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 So I took on the account and the biggest thing for me was lead as a fan and not lead with the company's intentions. Right. What do you mean? What was missing was a fan's touch, like being there for the people. They would promote their events and like any other social media account will give you a few pieces of content, but then we're promoting everything that we need you to do. And I was like, they're really here for your bars. Like Hmm. we want to hear the motivational stuff. So I just started cutting up like 20 seconds here, 30 seconds here, nothing major. And it was exactly what the audience wanted. And the account grew quickly after that change of like giving exactly what the audience wants. Damn. So you said a minute ago, and I've heard you say it in other interviews, it sounds like your gift, like you said, is communicating ideas visually, which to me seems like it would have to be very instinctual, like that is a creative nudge. And I'm curious if you're able to teach that or if we can cultivate that, because here's the dealio is like, we like, this is all the stuff I love and I'm passionate about and all the things I'm going to do in the world. And what ends up happening is, is, is the curation piece sometimes get lost where we think we're giving value and we're really not. And so for you to be able to come in and be able to select those specific pieces and just not any B roll, but certain B roll and it hitting at the right time. I mean, again, that's an instinctual thing, but is that something that can be taught? I do believe to an extent it can be. Right. Because you're you're looking at data. So, so for instance, I think YouTube is the the easiest hack to see what content is working, meaning if you're posting YouTube videos and you go into your analytics and you see certain spikes on like the graph of where people are watching, those are parts you want to cut up, not whatever you feel is going to work. That makes so much sense. Yeah, the, there's it shows like people are watching these parts, like when there's a dip, don't do that one. They're not interested. Right. 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 If there is a part that you know, can get people's attention, and you're not so sure it's going to work, that's probably going to work. Hands down. Why? And the reason why I say that is because we overthink. Oh boy. So if we sit here and say, I think it's going to work, but I don't know. Your first instinct was fine. It'll probably okay. work. You see okay. what I'm saying? I, I could bet you, you've put out some content and you didn't think it was going to work. It was probably a throwaway or you're like, yo, I got to do some real quick. And it works all the time. The ones that Without you put fail. hours on never really work. So I go more on the, let's say you say something for about five minutes. What was the part that you remembered the most? Cut that one up. Cut right there. That's the part you should cut up and then allow data to pick out the rest and see what happens. But we tend to overthink the second that we watch something and we make a face out of it. Like, "Mm, that was good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's the part that's anything that makes you react is probably going to make somebody else react. And, (sighs) but we have to be okay with rewatching some of our stuff. People don't Sometimes like to do that. we'll we'll do. I, I I'm even guilty of it myself. I'm up to 175 podcast episodes, mm-hmm. and there's a handful of stuff that I've rewatched to to now. All of February, I'm planning on watching a piece of uh, rewatching an episode, and anything that made me go, "Ooh, I'm cutting it up," I'm posting it, and then also I'm going to translate. This is my new thing. I'm going to translate it into Spanish because for some reason people really like when I do that and it 
attracts global people. So I'm gonna keep doing that. But yeah, and you can do I, that I with AI say, now too, can't you? Hmm? You can do that with AI now too, can't yeah, you? Yeah, that's what I do. It, yeah, it's uh, Hey Jen or the captions app on iOS that allows you to translate to different voices, different languages with your same voice. So it's not That's like wild. a whole different one. It's just the same voice. Heijin actually moves your mouth with you speaking that other language where the captions one just translates the voice. But I, I can get geeky on that. My bad. Oh, y'all, listen, their IG is going to be linked up in the show notes. There's all kinds of good AI tips and tricks over there. I'm curious, you're, I don't know how long ago, how many years ago this was that you started, you know, posting the B-roll with the motivational mm-hmm. clips and stuff. I feel like a lot of people now are doing B-roll with voiceover mm-hmm. and just something that's just not hidden. And I'm curious why you think that is. Like you see the same yellow <laughs> captions on things and the same B-roll that doesn't match with the dude in the suit and all of that. What, why does, why did it hit with y'all and it doesn't hit with other people? It wasn't really seen before and now okay. it's seen everywhere. Got it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it was a new way of storytelling and we were intrigued. We were locked in. Now everybody's doing it and we're not intrigued no more. You got to do something different to mm-hmm. really catch our attention. Hence why simplicity is starting to take over again. We're literally just taking your phone and just talking to it, maybe changing the background a few times but it literally just be you and a mic is starting to really take over again because we're tired of the fast cuts the graphics the sound effects the captions and because everybody's doing it and it's actually not really relatable we can't duplicate that the regular person can't necessarily duplicate that the reason why organic content where it's just like grabbing your phone and talking to it or just simple storytelling is because we feel like that's reachable like you're one of us that you're actually at the spot that we were chilling at you're on the couch with me and things like that and when you create relatable content people are locked in they're Mm. like oh okay I'm, i'm with that but when you're doing the overly highly produced content, though they work at certain times to only put that out is starting to not work. And creators have to make a quick shift on how do we make things simple, same story, but how do we make simple so people can lock in and consume the content? Oh my goodness. So you're literally describing me and everything I'm doing wrong in my life right now. So check this out. So no, no, no. So I was, you want to talk about consistency, you know, people like, Oh, be consistent. I'm consistent to a fault. I will do the same thing over and over and over again until like people are like, please stop. You know, I have Mm -hmm. no problem with that. So for years, I'm talking like years, years, Mm -hmm. I've been putting out content and I was just doing the face to camera, the trends, all the things, all the things. When I started doing highly produced talking heads, you know, the storytelling, I don't know if you've seen my reels in this Mm -hmm. chair or whatever. That's when my account started to grow and I started picking up followers. Six months in though, as a storyteller, as a creative, I'm like, am I going to do this for the rest of my life if I keep sitting in this chair? And so I've been challenging myself like, okay, Heather, you've got to evolve a little bit, but taking that kind of more high produce. I mean, it takes me hours to edit one freaking reel mm-hmm. and kind of going backwards into more of the relatable stuff. It's kind of scary because I hear what you're saying, but also too, it's like, I love Gary V. Gary V's, yeah. he helped me in so many freaking ways, but people took that message and kind of ran with it where they're just putting up anything and not putting like a lot of mm-hmm. thought into it. And so I'm trying to find that balance, I guess, between being a creator and being intentional with your message but also too, not falling into a trap where I'm over here spending literally like 20, 25 hours a week on three reels. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I love, what do you think? I love Gary Vee, but we have to also look at the source who's talking, meaning Gary will say, well, put out 50 pieces of content a day, right? Mm-hmm. He has a team of like 20, right? right? Literally. <laughs> he could say that. Yeah. Like right. this, this is realistic. What I wish he would do more is, yeah, ideally, when you get to this part of life, you should be putting out this type of content. But if you are a team of one, 
that does not give you the excuse not to, you should be at least putting out one or two and repurposing out on other platforms, you know, and just making it a ladder instead of go all in or you're not really serious about it. Right. Yeah. Because people have to start off by themselves, then they may get an editor. Maybe they get some like a team and, and, and things like that. They'll hire videographers and editors randomly, depending on the events that they have to do or the situations that they have to do. So it's a leveling up. This is why I'm not a fan of some of these social media people and and content creator people, because they will make it very unrealistic and only speak on the level that they're they're in right now to where they have to remember when they started. Now with, with Gary, I don't even, I don't even know if he ever started without a team. Mm. So giving him some type of grace, this, this is his truth, but there's other people that, you have to look at and be like, I know you didn't always look like this. This is why I appreciate the people like Mr. Beast. Yeah. Even though his content is not like people duplicate it, try to duplicate it all the time. It's just not sustainable. They, it costs <laughs> millions of dollars to do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But you can see his whole journey of when he was just in the crib doing videos when totally. it was just him. He explains, hey, your first hundred videos are not going to get any views. It's going to be trash when you take this serious, right? And so you got to figure out like your situation and be consistent with your situation, but also be flexible with trying new things, right? I I go with this formula called play, right? So it's platform, leverage, audience, and you. Okay, so pick the platform that you want to be on. Try to understand it as much as you can. Leverage the the features that is giving you uh, brand awareness, right? So mm-hmm. if we're talking about Instagram, it's Reels. If we're talking about YouTube, if you want to get more subs, that's probably going to be Shorts. You know, right. LinkedIn is going to be the articles, things like that. Leverage right. the features. Also leverage your skills and, and experiences, right? Because people want to gain, gain some type of value from your content. Then go on the audience wave, which is what does the audience want? What does your insight say that your audience is liking, that is engaging? Create that type of content. Then you, like create content you want to create knowing that that'll probably give you some low numbers, but it still gives a reflection of who you are. And so you don't always feel like you have to work for the platform or work for the audience only. You're still getting to express who you are, what you want to be known for in that area. So it'll cover everything. It'll cover what the audience wants, what the platform wants, and leveraging what they are putting out, it'll allow you to create for the audience and what they want and why they and why they're here, and then it allows you to be you. So that that's yeah. how I always look at things. Insights. What is the most underutilized insight that we have in Instagram specifically that you look at that people don't pay enough attention to? I think it's the saves. To be honest with you. The saves is something that's very underutilized and kind of not really looked at. It, I look at it more because people find that valuable. Like okay. they're waiting. They, they save that to see it later. They watched mm. it a few times. They know how dope this is. I need to save this so I can get reminded by this or go over this or watch this again, take notes on it, share it with somebody later, whatever it is. This is showing you the true value of your content, which one really people find value of. The, the shares are cool, right? We, we always want to do shareable content. And that's kind of, that's like my number two situation, okay. right? Because what is hitting somebody that they feel like they have to share it with everybody in the world? What is that? You want to create more of that because that's your audience sharing 
your content is way better than you paying for ads. One, they mm. are your marketing team for free. Preach, preach. So you want yeah. to study the the shares because they're giving you the brand awareness, right? But this, the saves for me is showing that this is working, showing that you find value. So like, because that's an engagement thing that people can't see. They can't mm. see the like, they can't, like, they can see the like, they can see the comment, yeah. they can see the views. They can't see when somebody sh sh uh, sent, saves it, but That's you can't. It, it, it could give you some kind of hope when you're like, man, it's not working. Well, see how many people save, save your stuff. You'll be surprised. That's a good word. I'm, I'm curious, we didn't touch yet on you working with Inky Johnson. I just mm -hmm. heard him speak for the first time a few months so ago good. and I was blown away. I love ET obviously, but man, you know, thinking about working with folks like that, I'm assuming you tell me if I'm wrong. I don't know, testing stuff would be a little interesting because when you're dealing with a lot of people who follow these folks on these accounts, they have a brand, they have a reputation. I feel like sometimes it's a little easier to test stuff when you're you know, smaller and in hiding, but then when you actually have a brand, walk with me through the mindset with testing when you have something to lose, I guess. Cause I know there are some mm -hmm. folks I know I follow who I've talked to who have established brands followings and are a little bit nervous to play a little mm -hmm. bit because we know X is working. Why do we deviate from that? But also too, you don't want to get stuck in kind of like where I'm at right now, where I feel stuck in my chair, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I need to experiment more. So what's your philosophy with that? So the world of social media is always changing, right? Yes. And I look at some of the older influencers as far as like before social media time, right? And once they got on social media, you just saw the same type of content over and over again. Yeah. And their core audience appreciates it because it's that nostalgic feeling, mm -hmm. but that's about it. And I'm always good and flexible about trying something new because I don't believe in giving you that nostalgic feeling just yet. You feel me? Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm okay with, okay, I'm gonna put this out. It may not do great numbers, but it will give me data to see if we should can continue or not. If this yeah. is going to work, if that's going to work, if that change of color changes anything, if this bold title works, if this him starting off like this, or she's starting off like this, it happens in, in, and makes it share more or more comments, or it's actually exciting to experiment rather than do the same thing over and over again, because I'm not, I'll put it this way. I'm, I'm the type, if I do something over and over again, it starts to die down. I question me, <gasps> right? Why? I'm, I'm just that way. I'm like, you don't, you don't like me no more. Like you, you've been liking this. Why? Yeah. I don't like, you don't like me no more. What's happening. Got it. Got it. Where if I'm experimenting all these different things, I don't get emotionally attached to it. I go, mm. this is a game. Which one is going to win today, right? Which mm. one's going to create the most comments? Which one is going... Now, once I figure it out, I'll double down on it to see if it's, it's true. Okay, let's continue to do that. Let's continue to do that. And then I'll still find a way to change it up, but with keeping with the same foundation. Yeah. Right? That makes sense. Because it just keeps things exciting for me. But I don't ever mind trying something new with the thought process of I could lose everything because I could gain it all back. Work. So it's, it's, yeah. it, if, if all fails, I'll, okay, I'll just go back to the original thing. All right. It's, yeah. it's not that hard. I, knew, I, I created it, so I knew what I'm doing. So. <laughs> I love that. I'm going to ask you, we're going to kind of go a little deep here if that's okay. Yeah. One thing I'm I'm noticing, I, I, I have a 
that still, you know, that still small voice that we all have, that creative nudge, the muse, God, whatever you want to call it, just that, mm -hmm. that think. And it's interesting because I've been trying to nurture, nurture that a little bit more lately. I love the tools. I love the hacks. Mm -hmm. I love the tips. But like you always say, those are just tools, right? Those aren't the main yeah. thing. And so getting really still, getting outside, paying more attention to my intuition, something I'm trying to nurture slash also keeping my head in the game of trends and what's going on. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, I'm like you, I work online 24 seven. And so it's been this interesting balance between keeping your head in the game and staying relevant and also to nurturing that still small voice and that magic that mm -hmm. comes from God, that comes from source, that comes outside of you. And I'm curious mm -hmm. when you're, I mean, you, this is your whole life, all these counts, you're running your own content, all this stuff. It's so noisy. It's so loud. How do you make space for that quiet? So you can kind of hear that nudge of like, Hey, clip that part. Hey, try this. Hey, here's a new idea. So there's, I, I give you two answers. Cause there's a, there's a new thing that I'm doing now, but one I'm big on self care, right? Okay. Uh, I can only perform in a high level when I'm good. Right. And I am a creator that can get in the way of, of myself very quickly. Right. Mentally. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I'm big on meditation. I'm big on not answering any kind of phone calls before 12, doing any type of work before 12. I'm a night owl. So okay. I don't necessarily go to bed till well, lately, like five, six. So that's crazy. A.M.? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I sleep. Oh, no. I, I have a that's I sleep. Morning. I sleep six to seven hours. So, okay. Yes. Okay. Um, before anybody is like, oh my God. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I sleep. I have, I have a sleep okay. number app to prove to you. So, so I, I, I keep to myself and I learn something new every single day and I document mm. it, right? Just to stay on my toes. You document it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Notion is my favorite thing in the world. Okay. Notion is everything that I learn, I create a Notion page of it. Uh, if I'm watching wow. something, a new Notion page is is created and I'm, I'm writing the notes because I, wow. I don't want to rely on my mind to remember, yeah. right? Yeah. Somebody told me this and it, it always hit me. It was like, some, and I'm paraphrasing, like, but your brain was never meant for storage. Like it mm. was meant for ideas. It was meant to go, but it wasn't meant for storage. And then of course, like with the history of, of my family, we have like Alzheimer's and dementia and things like that. So mm. I'm big on like what I learn, I got to dish it out. Right. So I learned something new. I document it every day. I meditate, but now and this is going to sound super techie and I don't, I don't care. So I got the vision pro, right? And the I've been big. Yeah. So okay. I've been big on it as far as productivity, right? I stay in there for, let's say two hours. I do two things in front of my desk. I'll change the environment. So I'm like in a Sandy beach or something. Right. And I'll oh, wow. work just dedicated to the screen that I have up and the notes that I have up, whatever the focus is, then I'll get out of it. I'll take a break real quick and then I'll go downstairs and then change the environment. So I'll be now on top of a mountain and I'll do work in that kind of way because I'm very big on, I don't necessarily want to, and this may be the introvert in me. I'm cool with that. I don't, necessarily feel like I always have to travel to recharge. I don't mm. necessarily have to get away to regroup and everything, because that means when I come back, I'm still going to feel the same way. I'd rather find different tactics and different strategies to make me like the area that I'm in right now, whether it's through tech, whether it's through like I have a recharge room with the, like the Northern lights and everything like that. So I'll go in there just to regroup and then I'll come back out and I'm like, okay, we're great. But taking those breaks and taking that focus time, my goal is to only work four hours 
a day after reading that. that that Dan Cole book, The Art of Focus. Such a good I book. I didn't read that. Way. Yeah, you just such like listen to audiobook. That I listen to that man and I feel smarter just listening to him. I don't he don't, <laughs> I don't even have to know what he says. He says them, I'm like, yeah, yeah. we're great. We're we're amazing. <laughs> but that's that's how I'm able to kind of still work in the way that I work is that I just hmm. take care of myself and I make sure my mind is clear and focused to pay attention to those things. Do you believe in like a muse, like spirituality, anything like that? Like when it comes to creativity, I'm just curious. Oh, listen, I'm, I'm huge on that. I believe our ideas come from God. Like you're given idea for a reason not just because like you're an idea person or anything like that. Like we're given it for a reason to serve the people. And so it's our jobs to execute on it. And if not, that idea can go to somebody else and Preach. who may not do it as well as you can. So I believe that we're here to serve only specific people, even though I know a lot of people are like, I want to reach the masses. You reach yeah. the masses when you reach the people who you were meant to be, uh, to meant to talk to. You feel me? So yes. like each yes. brand, each niche is there to talk to a certain group of people, certain age group. Now it's their job to get it outside of the world, to get it to the masses. But your job is, and your purpose is to speak to those people and serve those people with your solution of whether you are a fashion designer, whether you're a podcaster, whether you uh, are a mathematician, you are there to serve those people. And those people are going to get so much value from you because you are so dedicated to that, that yeah. it, the world knows about you. So yeah, I'm, I'm big. Like me and God, we have a great we have a great relationship, even though like I was born Catholic and I'm definitely not the ideal Catholic because of my sexuality and things like that. So we just have a great relationship so I could be able to continue to move in the way that he wants me to move. No, I mean, I feel I a hundred percent, I feel exactly the same way. I feel like my relationship with God just got real when I left institutions and religion and just broke all those little chains, all those little wires and just went directly to him, her, God. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm Thanks for indulging my spiritual talk. Oh, I could talk good. about that all day long, but I I'm glad we got here because this is where I think it gets lost. And I think where you have the real gift watching your work you know, we've alluded to it before is taking these big concepts, these big ideas and being able to condense that, you know, you just said that you're called to do this, you get this idea and we come usually, I mean, I, my God, I got this huge ass board right here, just like with freaking vision on it, you know, and that's dropped in your spirit. That's dropped in your heart. When you start trying to figure out how to segment that and create different pieces that's going to reach people. It's an interesting world we live in friend where it's, you know, 30 seconds of somebody's time, 60 seconds of somebody's time. And I'm just curious how you tackle that. Some visionary comes in. I mean, heck you're a visionary, you know, you come in, you have all this heart of how you want to help people. Do you create like pillars of content? I've had people suggest stuff like that. Like you need to have buckets, you need to have pillars, you need to have mm -hmm. some kind of framework. Like how do you wrap your arms around mission, heart calling and be able to distill it? into something like freaking Instagram. <laughs> yeah. So big ass question, but let's no, go. No, no, it's, it's actually not. It's so in the beginning, I, I moved into whatever I felt I was supposed to talk about. Right. Mm -hmm. Because for, first off, I had no, no desire of having my own profile. Right. It just happened to move in that way. People kept asking yeah. me questions about what I do. And then I started just sharing it. Not so concerned about the numbers, just more concerned about this is what the people want, right? Mm. For me, I have to look at, okay, what do I really want to be known for? There are a lot of things that I like, right? And this is what a lot of creators have problems with. Like, yo, I don't want to be known for just one thing. And right. no one, no one really is ever really known for one thing. They're trusted in 
one thing to then open them up to other things, right? So if you look at Alex Hermosi at first, he was trusted with gym launches. Now he's opened up his world to just the world of entrepreneurship and now mm. acquisitions and all that, all that great stuff, right? But he started with what he had experience and skills and results in. We look at even with Gary Vee, right? He, he was the wine boy at first. That's what we mm -hmm. trusted him for. And then he opens up his world for other things, but we have to trust you for something. So I look at it as like, yo, what can people trust me on at this moment? It is AI tools and social media updates and things like that. So people trust me on that. I have results on that. I have passion on that. I could do that all day. Cool. Then I'll do a post of something I, I like to talk about. So I'll talk about th this is where my podcast comes in. Cause I geek out on other brands. I geek out on yeah. launches. I geek, I geek out on yeah. talking to other people. So I'll do that. Then, you know, once you come into the community, it's like plug deeper than the brand, but then you get to know how to build communities. Cause I love building communities. I love right. podcasting. I love, you know, monetizing the brand and things like that. But I go, I think of when people are introduced to me, how can I gain their trust? I can't gain their trust. If I am talking about one thing, showing another thing. Oh, I feel this just came to my spirit doing it. I write out my ideas and I go, can this happen now? Can this happen next week, next month? Or next year. Ooh, that right? takes that patience. Dramatic. Yeah. That takes I'm, patience I'm that though. <laughs> it does. It does. If it's so dying in my heart, I have to look at what is happening and who will it affect? Will it affect me mm. and give me any mm. type of stress? Will it affect my team? And will it cause them any type of stress if I if we move right now? Will it confuse in any kind of way of my audience? Like we could get into from a content standpoint, that makes sense. But we do the same thing when it comes to our products and services, we get a new idea and we create, you know, this new idea, but we never double down on the one that we were supposed to do. Right. Oh, I feel connected. And <laughs> that's good. <laughs> so going like, I'm, I'm gonna go back and forth with it because with, with content, we have already been given the data in our insights of what works, but we continue to create new things because we just don't want to do that one thing that we know that works over and over again. Right. Mm. Same thing with products and services. There's one thing that, w that works, but it's not necessarily giving us the results that we think we deserve. And so we continue to create all these different products and services, all these different types of content when all we have to do is just double down and make sure we are educating the people about this particular thing. Not everybody knew what a Nike yeah, was, right. they had to educate. Not everybody knew what an Apple was, but they had to go educate, right? The, one of the biggest things, I think it was the Apple watch when it first dropped, they announced it and they didn't release it until probably like a year later. And in between time, they were just educating the people. Wow. And so all you saw was the watch, the watch, the watch, the watch. So you can get it. So you can understand it. So you can, when it eventually comes out, cool. I, I need, I need to grab that. It's the same thing with our content is that we have to continuously show mm -hmm. up and put out these particular pieces of content. So people can associate that content with us, that name, that, that that topic with us, that style with us. If not, then it kind of goes like you're just part of the crowd. So right. it goes now, we, like I said, we could experiment, but what are those, those main pieces of things that people could trust you on? And then what are some things that you just want to test out? Right. And so you can still feel whole and that it's your platform and not a job because a lot of people feel like social media is a job and a task 
where it's mm. really just a reflection of who you are and who you need to serve. Lord Jesus, y'all. <laughs> this is so good. This is so good. Listen, I I just am so freaking grateful I got to spend this time with you. It's just a freaking selfish treat to be able to reach out to folks I admire on social and them actually say yes and get to pick yeah. their brain and me ask them probing questions about their life. I have a final question for you that I ask all our guests, but you have your community, your podcast, your Instagram is just packed full of knowledge. I mean, just yeah. tip after tip after tip after tip, but where would you like to direct our listeners to? Get to know me. So you get to know me on my Instagram at this is okay. Nikki's N-I-C-K-Y with an S. Get to know me first, right? If you like long form content, right? If you don't like the short form content, go on my YouTube. I got a YouTube, Nikki Saunders, or go on the podcast, Nikki and Moose. I mean, just get yes, to know me. First. Really I'm good. not going to be like, buy this, buy that, boo, 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 boo. Right, get right. to know me. Then we could create a relationship further down the road. But I just want y'all to know me. I love that. All that will be linked in the show notes. Last question I've been asking folks lately lately what is something you are deeply questioning right now that you do not have the answer to something you are just lost on and i mean it could be like how the hell do i turn on these apple goggle things whatever it could be something deep like wh where is god when natural disaster happens i mean it could be anything but just this mm -hmm. season of your life what's something that you're really wrestling with and the reason we ask this is we all have questions. We're all wrestling with something and that's part of the human process. It's actually a gift. So what are you wrestling with, Nikki? What are you questioning right now? I don't know if wrestling is the word for me, but I've been very intrigued by this work-life balance situation, right? Okay. I'm recently engaged. And Congrats. so the thought of, okay, I have to transition into work-life balance. Because for me, I love what I do. So I don't necessarily yeah. feel like it's work. A lot of yeah. people who know me call me a workaholic. I don't look at it like that because I'm like, I really enjoy creating. I, I really enjoy being a geek and researching and, and think I watch documentaries I and like, I'm just that yeah. geek, right? Yeah. And so it, it's funny because on threads, I, I put out this just long join of just like realizing that is it really such thing as a balance or is it learning how to integrate, right? It's not Preach. picking one or the other and, and yeah. separating those times and things like that. It's more of how do we integrate both of them? Because when we look at an Oprah, when we look at a Jay-Z, when we look like an Elon Musk and things like that, weird names to put together, but follow me. It is more of they've integrated this life mm. of family, of personal, of work, yeah. and it just yeah. all coincides. And so I've been really figuring out what that kind of looks like and what is true focus without distraction in a world of distractions. God, so, good. yeah, that's good. I love that integrating, integrating. Listen. Thank you for joining us today. This was absolutely incredible. 